0: Jack Thompson for a three-hour loss. Jack busts through. My goodness. When you put the you And what we see now: no time off is coming to fruition because Cam is actually a pocket quarterback. Who knew? Oh, my goodness. Castles, McCaffrey, busting to it, but over 35-40. Quick race down the right side, here he goes at the 50, 40 to the Miami 30, 20, at the 10. A swipe to the ankles, they can't get him, touchdown Christian McCaffrey.
1: They can't get him, they can't get him, you're right. They can't get him. She can catch us, the C3 Panthers podcast, live Tuesday night, 9 p.m., where we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. My name's Tony Dunn. They call me The Professor. You can find me on Twitter, at cat underscore chronicles. And I'm here tonight with my main bud, my main man, Cody Lashney. How you doing, my friend?
2: I'm doing wonderful, my man. You know why? Cause Marty Herney did a thing, y'all. And we're happy that he did. Man, there was a much needed injection of life into the Carolina Panthers at this time of year. During a relatively dead time for the Panthers during free agency. We love the move. You know we're going to talk about it. Let's do it, man.
1: Yeah, tonight's show is episode 19.6. Funchy free agent frenzy from afar was the original name of the show. But Cody Lashney said, we got to change this sucker to pancakes in paradise. Because the Panthers have gone out and made an acquisition prior to free agency did you guys know this it's not even free agency yet it's the tampering period Crazy, dude. <laughs> tomorrow is the free agency debut that's where we thought we we're gonna be look while everybody out there is spinning like drunken sailors the Panthers were sitting waiting for their guy making sure the price tag didn't run up and they go out and make an addition that isn't just flash it is class this is gonna be a classy act in the first brick. This is the first brick in building that wall. We've declared a national emergency on the c Panthers podcast. Wall. Build that wall. We have done the it. Folks. <laughs> we have said that it was a national emergency. It had to be done. And look, the Panthers are prioritized. And we're going to be getting in, into that. Plus, Devin Funchess uh, heading to the Indianapolis Colts to join uh, my most one of my most hated rivals, Andrew Luck. Um and uh, Thomas Davis now a Charger, uh, and a lot of things to uh, discuss when it comes to free agency. A ton of news uh, to talk about. It is, and we're all going to be doing it here tonight on the longest running Panthers podcast. With your help, we appreciate everybody for tuning in. Go ahead and subscribe, rate, review, whatever you do, wherever you're listening at. Just share the link. If you're on Periscope, if you're on Facebook, on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button share the link with a friend after the show send it to a panther friend and say hey i think you'll like this show if you listen on the podcast we want to hear from you and uh we send us an email carolinacatchronicles uh at gmail.com but where we really want to hear from you is on the show on the podcast on the cat calls line the number is 252 228 5098 let's go ahead and jump into this show tonight it was um there's a there's a little um anxiety among Panther fans to the point yeah. of I, and and I try to avoid being irritated like the bill votes get, you know, I understand they get inundated with, with at mentions and stuff, but they're always like, yeah, you know, they, they're a little, they get a little short at these times. I'm sure they're working hard. Right. And, yeah. and guys are all like, well, what about Antonio Brown to the Panthers? What about this? What about that? I was starting to get a little bit like that when everybody's like, well, this is a sign that the Panthers organization is broken, that we don't got any guts. Why could, We could have gotten uh, Antonio Brown for a third round pick or a third and a fifth. And then you just have to tell the people, or you don't even have to, you got to just ignore it, that you forget about the gazillion dollars that came along with it too. So... While wow, people are spending like drunken sailors, I'm talking drunken sailors at the Vegas strip club type spending. Landon Collins getting a giant deal, CJ Mosley getting a deal that is insane, like getting paid like a defensive end, right? Made the the Ziggy, what is it, Ziggy Ans? What's the Ansua guy? Ziggy Anza. and now there
2: are two inside linebackers in the NFL that make more money than Luke Keighley, Quan Alexander, and uh, I believe it's CJ Mosley. For now, yeah, uh, to the New York Jets, just insane, man. They're backing up the branch trucks for these players who, frankly, aren't very worth it if you comb through their tape,
1: man. So they're spending all of this money. Panther fans are getting anxious, uh, and then... Um, there's, we'll, we'll get to Devin Funchess news. But today, the Panthers go and target who I actually thought was a free agent who would be out of reach. Now, last week on the podcast, Joey said, ideally, I'd like for them to go after a center with a little experience so that the learning curve isn't so much on a young rookie. <clears throat> They go and get yeah. Matt Paradis. He is 26, 27 years old, still got years ahead of him in his career at this point. And this guy is one of the, t- I, I think people are trying to knock him down to like a, to the number two free agent center on the market. I think he's one of the top centers in the league. And at least statistically, he's been like that on a line that he hasn't had a ton of help with him in D- in Denver at since Russell Okun left. What? Where do you think, man? You got to be excited, Matt. Paradise. I feel like I'm a fan in paradise.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna go ahead and play this and then and then mute it. So, um, you know, we, give everyone something the, to look at. But uh, listen, I, I love this. Uh, and one of the the trends that you saw online is uh the Panthers taking a center with the first round pick this year. Uh, at 16 maybe it was a Garrett Bradbury or Elgin Jenkins later on even early in the second round but I love this move I mean you want to be able to fill the needs in your free agency period so that way you don't have to do it in the draft and that's uh, what we did and I want to make an emphasis to say this Matt Paradis is not just a good center he is an awesome center he has allowed three pressures in two years. I'll say that one more time. Three pressures in two years. The man is an absolute beast. He's dominant at the point of attack. And, man, that's what the Panthers need right now. The Panthers um, uh, need a center to just be able to make some lanes for Christian to run through and, and give Cam a clean pocket. Look at that, man. Put him right on the ground. That's the type of whoop ass you want to see in your center. Matt Paradise is the paradise, however you say it, is the man. I love the signing. Just perfect, man. I'm, I'm loving this. Um, I mean, uh, we might still do some more during our free agency, but if we don't do anything else, I'm fine with it. I love this move. Uh, this is a perfect fit for our team right now.
1: Correction: Josh from Mass points out he's uh, going to be 30. All right. So I, I for some reason, I thought I saw 26, but October 12th, 1989, he'll be 30 years old now. Uh, so three year deal. That's what that puts you in a good range, puts probably him in a good range for his career. Uh, you heard that Denver wanted to bring him back for a one year deal. Um, and he is coming off of IR. Right. So there is that there is some of this concern that you're going off of the tape in the film and what you've seen him do uh, prior to the 2018 season, he has been remarkably consistent there. The injury was a broken leg, is that correct? Uh, yes, he had a broken
2: fibula, and uh, according to all, and and that is important to remember because it has to pass the physical, which will happen tomorrow. So long as he does that, I mean, you know, everyone remembers what happened last year with Rashad uh, Breland. And, you know, we, we, he was on the team and then it didn't pass his physical. So then it wasn't on the team. Uh, that does not seem to be a worry this time. Um, it normally only takes about, uh, uh, six to eight weeks or so to be able to recover from a broken fibula. So he appears to be, uh, good to go. And it makes sense. Um, too. Yeah, that should happen
1: tomorrow. It makes sense that you put a guy that breaks a leg on IR, right? I mean, is that is that that doesn't necessarily mean that it's indicate the severity of an injury. But if you're the Denver Broncos, you're not going to be in a playoff run. This happens in November, I believe, by the time he you know, I mean, there is that that's what you do to fill a roster when you need to fill a roster spot in a hole. So that does not mean that, that he's damaged goods necessarily, but we have this is another time. If there is time for concern or one thing to be concerned about, it is the health. And what we saw with Matt Khalil, that they, they try to act healthy. They try to act healthy when they get signed and they're getting, and they're trying to court the big bucks. But, um, different type of injury, I think, than what, uh, Matt Khalil went through as well as, I think one of the things that's great about this is that the this is not a a break the bank type deal. You're talking twenty seven million dollars. You're getting that yes, or you're you're paying a starting you starting caliber money. You're kind of paying close to Ryan Khalil money right there, and you yeah. are and and likely you will be able to get out of this in two years.
3: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: Really, this takes a lot of pressure. It was untenable to make a move to go into this season with only using the draft and uh, on the offensive yeah. line. It's unten, it's unsustainable. Even if you wanted to keep Larson, draft a rookie. You lack depth. This does not stop you from drafting a guy. It may push you a little bit away from the NC State dude and more towards. A Andre Dillard type player
2: yeah and you know even the guy that I like uh and Eric McCoy out of Texas A&M I mean maybe he's still too good to pass up if he's sitting there with the 47th pick in the second round so we don't know I do want to echo something that you mentioned with the injury uh his injury that broke the fibula it was basically a freak accident it wasn't even an accident the left tackle Uh, gave up a pressure, and the defensive end, uh, I think it was Jadavion Clowney, uh, ran into the quarterback, and the quarterback fell into the leg of Matt Paradis, and that's what broke his fibula. And that could have happened to anyone. So other than that, it wasn't like um, it's some injury-prone issue that he's been dealing with every season. It's nothing like how Matt Khalil was when he signed with the Panthers. I don't have any fear in my mind that he's going to be able to be healthy moving forward. And, yeah, I I agree 100% with what you said. If we didn't do anything in free agency and just use the draft to fill all the needs on this team, man, there's no way that we would have been able to fill every position of need that we had to fill in the draft
1: alone. It just wouldn't have
2: been possible.
1: And if you look at it, too, is that this is a move, too, that is financially feasible, right? Now, we all had, yeah. we, we had dreams. You had dreams more than anybody of adding a tray flowers. But you're talking about a commitment and an immediate cap hit that would be, it, it would be, you would have to make it work. I mean, it would be work to make, it would be laborious to make those numbers work. You know, you're not going out. The thing that, I, that I'm saying is this, is that imagine if you you just got, a, I think, a player who's going to make a larger impact on the team than than some of the premier free agents we saw go off the board early. You think about Landon Collins going to, um, to the Redskins. Boy, did he take them to the woodshed, it seems like. Now, hopefully the deal when the numbers come out, That it won't, it won't be as big as they say, but they're saying 45 million guaranteed, right? Is that you're talking about a player where, yes, there is, did you sacrifice a little cap money under $10 million? How about this? Could you get, what type of receiver in the NFL could you get on an addition on a three year contract for these types of numbers? You're talking about you made an addition that is cheaper. Than the Humphreys guy that went to the Titans. The Humphreys guy that's going to the Titans get paid fourteen million dollars a year, and he's a slot receiver. the The, the guy from uh, Tampa Bay, I think that's his name. Yeah,
2: yeah, uh, yeah. The Clemson guy, Adam Humphreys. Yeah, I know Adam. Yeah, uh, and and so here's here's the deal. Um, especially at a position of need, this is why why it's such a good signing. One, we're losing a, a, a Pro Bowl center in Ryan Kalou. And you and I both knew that the past two years in Carolina for Ryan, they hadn't been great. He was on the back end of his career, and he wasn't performing how he had in the past. Now we have a guy who is still young. All right, the dude's my age. All right, I'm 29. The dude's 29. He's a young guy for my money. And, um, you know, it, it's a position of need for us. And I want to, I want to emphasize this. The man is a badass. All right. I've looked at his film. I've looked at what he does. Shout out to Joe Rialano, who yeah. will join us later on tonight. Joe Rialano was calling for Matt Paradis a while ago now. Um, yeah, this is absolutely huge for us. I love it. Um, I, I don't know that even if we signed Trey Flowers, that that would have been a better position fit than this. Because now it gives us more options. I, I th- Yeah,
1: I th- you're right. It gives us more options. I think, uh, arguably, it could make just as much of an impact without – or close to yeah. it, should I say, without the financial burden. Now, Trey Flowers was a younger player. If you could get a guy that's going to stick around for four years and be a dominant uh, defensive end, then that is something right. to be said. But you're right. This would – if we would have allocated our money there, we would have if we would have really press put ourselves in a corner a little bit when it comes to the draft um, and and that's not what you want to do. You don't want to shop hungry. You've seen guys uh, shopping hungry in free agency. So you guys, you're listening to C3 Panthers podcast. We want to hear your thoughts on the Panthers free agency and NFL free agency all together. You can call into the cat calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. Um, we're going to go ahead. We got, I got a big surprise for you guys coming up in the show later on. So stick around. And uh, I think the one last thing when it comes to Paradise, dang bleacher report today. You guys, I get a message from Rich Kingston and Anglin saying we won free agency. You and Joey are firing off messages at me talking about how we got Matt Paradise. And I click the link Joey sends me and it says Panthers sign Matt Paradis, and then it's a tweet yeah. from Adam Schefter that says Tennessee shines signs Adam uh Matt Paradis. I was so confused. Bleacher report. You gotta get your report straight. You gotta get your report straight. Ice I'm up. sitting there. I oh no, I got other ice up picks on my mind today. Oh, Bleacher right. report. So don't <laughs> worry. Um all right. Big news, I guess, as everybody else is watching. These players go to other teams and remind, and remember, this is not free agency. This is the tampering period. These are guys that you are committing the big bucks to generally, that you don't want to let hit the market and get out of your grasp, that you don't want to be late to pull the trigger on. Seems to me that those are the type players that are going before tomorrow. Those first day players, today was a little second wave of that. But what we saw, one of the players was a Carolina Panther exiting, and that was Devin Funches. Devin Funches, four-year player, Panthers wide receiver, bigger body receiver, a lot of criticism for Devin Funches. Every other year, he shows that he's in, he, you know what, this is why he was a good Panther, because he had the even-year curse. That's what he had. He himself had the even-year curse. He played good in 15, bad in 16, good in 17, bad in 18 we have parted ways with Devin Funches who in the last uh, i guess uh, year has not ingratiated himself with fans couple of games where he had some important catches but some memorable boggles and drops i think of the Saints game on uh, a third and four or, where, or third and eight and we throw the ball, we get it. And it was third and four. And I mean, Cam New puts it right on his hands. He drops it. You're backed up deep after that. Things go wrong from there on. Uh, you got games. I think, uh, there was another game where, uh, a, a ball comes and he just, he's, he's getting muscled by shorter guys. Sometimes he makes some big catches too. You just never know yeah. what you're going to get with Devin Funches. He signs a one year deal with the Indianapolis Colts. Guaranteed $10 million could make up to $13 million. Um, Cody, I'll let you just comment on Devin Funches quickly before we get to Panther fan reactions about Devin Funches.
2: So listen, man, maybe this is kind of unfair um, because I do know uh, in 2017 uh, in the playoffs in New Orleans, I know that he was hurt. He was dealing with a bad shoulder, and he had been dealing with it for a while but, man, I just remember at the end of the game, a touchdown could have put us ahead. And all we needed was for Devin to give a little bit of extra effort. Cam threw a beautiful ball right to the side of the end zone. And Devin just didn't make the play, man. Was and, that the Saints uh, that, game?
1: Yeah. Was that, that a, was, a, the that second was, Saints yeah. game,
2: maybe? Yeah. that was No, that was the third one. That was the playoffs in the World Oh, Royals. okay. Yeah. Yeah, man, and and listen, that that meant so much, and I don't know, like I know the man was injured, and listen, he will always be a, a better, more well remembered Panther than Kelvin Benjamin sure, ever was sure. or ever will be, and should be. And yeah, listen, and he was a good team guy, and listen, you know, this year was bad for him, but he has not been a bad Panthers receiver for the most part. He had a role, he played a role. Um, at times, he was put in the number one receiver role. And frankly, that just wasn't meant for him. He, he's not a number one type of wide receiver. He's a complimentary player, which is part of the reason why I do feel that he will have success in Indianapolis because they do have T.Y. Hilton. They do have other pieces that they're going to be able to move the ball around to. And Devin Funches will just, you know, have opportunities whenever he's open. And he's a big buy receiver, so he'll have those matchups. So I wish him well, but I'm I'm not mad at us moving on from him. I, I believe in this draft, um, uh, we should be able to put some better, faster, more talented pieces on the football team.
1: You know, I never was uh, particularly a super, a fan of Devin Funches. and I and I was rooting for him to succeed. It, it all comes yeah. back to the draft where Dave Gettleman traded up for him i thought he could have been a, and i guess i was in that pick I, w- I guess i'm in that camp of people now i criticize like he's not a 19 pick he's a 27 pick i just wish they would have let the board come to him that year instead they give up um what went at a time you're trying to add a lot in 20 going from 2014 into 2015 uh, or in the, into the 2015 season you see some life, some signs of life from Cam and Kelvin Benjamin. You're trying to add some pieces around this team. And, you know, I felt like we sacrificed a little bit more for a guy who slightly was, what? who was raw. Who was raw. And I think the reason yeah. people, you said it, he wasn't a bad receiver. What he was was underwhelming. And and I think that yeah. the, the reason that I have always been a little sour on Devin Funches is especially because you see the tools, and you see the tools there of a guy who is open a lot of times, who is uh, at times beaten coverages, who has the physical body to do it. But here it was, it was with those that physical the physical tools he had. They dovetail with opportunity in Carolina. Devin Funches got opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. so this is yeah. not something like, well, hey, this is a player who uh just you know he got left over from the Dave Gettleman era and he didn't really get a good chance to to develop his skill set in fact, we was he was thrust in a little bit too quickly, some could say, but he was given a lot of responsibility. And you just thought, hey, Devin Funches could be a number one. You said he isn't, and that yeah. may be the case, but you look at him and you go, why not? And yeah it becomes he's inconsistent. He just was inconsistent, and most people said there wasn't enough dog in him. Now, going back to this is that now all of a sudden Devin Funches he leaves leaves and he becomes First, I think Panther fans, some of them were too hard on him. I think some people are like, he's trash. He can't catch – you know, because the thing is, he's good. He's too good to put on the sidelines, and he's not good enough to give the ball to every – to feed the ball to. As unfair as it is, he'll probably
2: be remembered in Carolina for that game last year in Detroit, dropping five or six passes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now – Then, on one hand, you get one group of people who is overly negative and down on Funches. And then, on the other hand, you get the pessimist group of Panther fans who like to cheer for failure of the Panthers. And all of a sudden, they go, man, Dem Funches is going to be good when he gets with Andrew Luck man, think of the storylines there that's what they're saying all of a sudden now Devin Funches is a great player that he's not with the Panthers and what I want to ask these people is would you have been happy if with the cap situation we had the roster situation we had if we would have paid him ten million dollars for one year it would. Have no! been bad. Yeah, we can't. We would say no. Come seriously, DJ Moore, yeah. Curtis Samuel, and then we're gonna get to the Tory Smith thing later, Cody. But then Cody, Tory Smith is a disc as a bargain at five million dollars compared to Devin Funches at ten.
2: I mean, if you and I disagree on this, I mean, I understand, and I, I also, to be fair, I think the fact that Cam Newton's deep ball being hampered last year uh i also think that kind of played into tory smith not being um not being uh, um as as good of a receiver as it could have been for the panthers but i don't know man i just think the five million dollars man for a guy that caught 17 passes last year that's just he was hurt i, I mean you hey, gave devin funchers
1: a pass you gave devin Funches a pass for him being hurt
2: no, but see, that's the thing, man. When you're in the play, uh, okay, that's why I brought up that play with Devin Funches. Because even though he was hurt, I'm not giving him a pass for that, man. You're in the playoffs playing your division rival that beat you twice that year. Go up and get the damn football, man. That's what I'm saying. I mean, listen, is it fair? No. Um, And, and maybe Torrey Smith proves to be worth it. But I don't know. I would love to have another safety on the football team right now, um, and I feel as though that five million dollars that um, we're paying Tory Smith could have been better used elsewhere. But I, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not going to. We're going to go. We
1: got more but, to talk about with Tory Smith because yeah. I do want to get on. We are on opposite sides of the fence here when it comes to that. Now, Devin Funchess, all of a sudden, the favorite boy. Uh, in Indianapolis now he's gonna fly into Indianapolis. They're excited about hi- him uh, getting there, and what his Devin Funches is known for is the salad boy, right? Is that Devin Funchess yeah. tells me uh, tells says that the favorite food is salad. So when he touches down, you got to think he's gonna take him out himself out for a nice salad dinner. Thirteen ten million dollars richer in his pocket. Nice salad dinner. And I'm telling you, Devin, you gotta go with an eloquent, a sophisticated Caesar salad. A Caesar salad? You think
2: that you think what you think a Caesar salad would be Devin Francis's first salad in Indianapolis? Elegant. It's an elegant
1: choice.
3: (sighs) Tony,
2: enough all
3: this going back and forth and all this other stuff. Y'all need to go ahead and pick
1: the house salad because it's going to be the best for everybody. You never know if somebody like all the Parmesan cheese and all the other extra croutons and stuff like that. So you got to go with the house salad. The house is for everybody. Oh, my yeah. God. Devin Furt just for dropping everybody. in on the C3 Panthers podcast. He's going house salad when he gets to Indy.
2: House salad, man. You heard it here first. We're breaking news. On the C three Panthers podcast, baby, how salad is the first one? He's ordering as an Indianapolis Colt.
1: Oh my, oh my goodness! God. Oh <sighs> my goodness! Enough of the back and forth. Enough of the back and forth over the salad. Good gosh! Thirteen million dollars, my man. Put a put a little steak on that salad. Uh, to celebrate Just a
2: stick it, stick on that salad, baby. <sighs> All
1: right, shout uh, out
2: to Devin Foltz. Yeah,
1: you know what? I wish him the best of luck. To be honest, I do wish him the best of luck. I wish he would have been uh, a superstar here. He wasn't. I think it was time. It's time. It's now. It's the DJ Moore era, and I'm so sick of people saying that DJ Moore can't be. Can't be this. Can't be a number one. We don't know what DJ Moore can be, but I know what he is already, and it's pretty dang exciting. So I'm happy. I'm very, very happy to see DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel.
3: This is the Overtime Podcast
1: Network. (laughs) And I do think, let's talk briefly. Let's go back to Tory Smith because Ben, arguing point here, Tory Smith, right now, his contract is not guaranteed. So if you need the $5 million, and you desperately need it, and you have an opportunity to get better, you can go do that. But at the same time, the ride receiver market at this moment is so inflated. We're talking about threes, dude. We are talking about guys that are not great, that are getting paid upwards. Dante Moncrief got $10 million last year. Devin Funches gets... 10 million dollars this year and i'm not saying is that i think that those i do i think they're overpaid no i'm not even going to say that i'm never telling a player they're overpaid i think that what you could do is i don't think that we should allocate that money i don't think there's a tremendous drop off to tory smith at this point but i think with five million dollars cody you don't you have a veteran presence at this moment who could fill in and be a role player who can maybe start for you a little bit if necessary but you're not handcuffed so much to to where if it's if it's time to be the DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel show then do it if you can draft a big if some reason somehow DK Metcalf failed to 16 which is not going to happen But if he, if it did, right, is that you don't have to, you could get a guy like that and not feel like, oh, another year where we're starting a guy over, over young talent because they're not good enough yet. Tory is a low risk, low cost option for this team. And if he's healthy, I think is a decent addition at this moment. He's only 30 years old. I think this my my whole argument is if it's not Tory and you take him off of that team, you gotta get another receiver. You have to have one more. And if you go and get yeah. that, what are you gonna get for five million dollars? Nothing. Trash. Worse than Tory Smith.
2: But I think what you're doing though is you're seeing this Devin Front's contract and yeah, listen, I know the chat room is a buzz. We know Odell Beckham's going to Cleveland. Antonio Brown has some uh, has a brand new contract with Oakland. I do understand that but $5 million in my mind you cannot justify that for the amount of production that he put up in 2017. And on top of that, you know, that that whole veteran presence in, in my mind like what, what what are we doing though? We we have Cam Newton as the leader of our, of our football team. Why do we need to have some Grizzled veteran as as a a player on our on our team. I just don't. You need him I, I in the meeting room with the guys.
1: You need him with the in the meeting room where but, Cam is not with really those guys.
2: Know? I don't. I don't know. I just think that's what the coaches are for.
1: Okay.
2: I mean, five million. I mean, listen. I, 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 and this is what I'll say. I'm not mad at Torrey Smith being on the roster. I'm not as upset as some other people are. Um, Tyler Lavalio also makes a point. Um, Jarius Wright is also, uh, on our, on our roster still. Uh, Tim Tizzy said that as well. I'm just of the mindset that we have younger players and we'll probably draft another one that may end up being more reliable, worth less money than, than Tory Smith is worth. Um, so I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm not, I'm not in love with it. I, I'm willing to swallow that pill. It is what it is. Um, I just wish that that five million dollars could have been allocated towards maybe another safety or um, maybe just more money to have on some some other position. You know? Let me tell you um, the
1: other five million dollar receivers right now: Torrey Smith, five million, okay. thirty years old; Ryan Grant, five million, twenty nine. Mike Williams for the Chargers On his rookie contract can't count that Adam right. Thielen That it can't be right we gotta see what's going on With Adam Thielen's contract No that's probably right Holy cow Adam Thielen Should hold out
2: yeah, we're paying uh uh Tory Smith. Nah, that, the is, same that, that, of money that That's Adam, Adam Thielen's, Thielen's is, problem. Man. That
1: ain't Tory Smith's fault. That is it's Adam Thielen's.
2: problem, man. We we are not going to get 5 million dollars worth of production out of Tory Smith. Uh, Adam Thielen Christian is Brickhouse. getting
1: hosed, dude. He's getting hosed. Cordero dude, Patterson about, gets 4.2 million. Chris Hogan gets four. Million.
2: Think about Greg Olson. D.J. Moore, uh, Curtis Samuel, uh, uh, the the younger tight end that we just drafted. Um, I'm bad with names. All of a sudden, I'm Ian stupid. Thomas. Uh, Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas. All the other options we will have on the roster, and even though he might make some plays, I'll bet you that Tory Smith doesn't live up to five million dollars mm. worth of production this year.
1: We're gonna disagree on this one. I think this gives us some good latitude. Right. I think five million dollars right now is chump change in the NFL. Um, but gosh, poor Adam Thielen, man, yeah. you gotta hold out, brother. For real, you're for getting real. screwed, dude. You were like, Straight he's up. had a hundred receiving receptions two years in a row, I think. He just set like the yeah. franchise, like the NFL record or the franchise record or something like that this past year. And he's getting yeah. paid like dang, uh, Cordell Patterson makes more money than he does or is the same amount. That's insane. All right. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. We do it with your help. The greatest fans out there. Look, the chat room is a uh, popping tonight. Even Devin Funches dropped in and, uh, boy part of the show <laughs> part of the show that was fun to hear from Devin Funches on his way out touching down gonna get a house salad I should have asked him what dressing he was gonna get now a, uh sad note another player Italian who exited Natal- <laughs> low fat low fat Italian yeah, low fat. Low fat. Uh, boring Thomas Davis Panther legend uh kind of untouched he is the untouchable panther he, uh, I saw that Darren Gantt uh, uh got blocked by Thomas Davis a couple of years ago because he implied or he said that Thomas Davis thought he implied, but he didn't that he got Dave Gettleman fired. But like Dave Gettleman, <laughs> I mean Dave Gettleman. Uh, Thomas Davis is, I mean, the a legend. He's lore. He is up there. Uh, gives the keep pounding mantra meaning breathes life into a statement that was created by Sam Mills but Thomas Davis is no longer a panther we parted ways with him and now today he has signed or agreed to a deal he will be wearing the light blue he goes from the Carolina tealish blue to the powder blue to the charger blue He is going to be a Los Angeles Charger now. Him and Phillip Rivers together, old.
2: Uh, Uh, Listen, man, I will never say a bad thing about Thomas Davis. Um, If anything, I'm happy that he gets to spend. You know, so it's a two-year deal, right? If he plays another two years, I'm happy that the man gets to spend uh, his final two years of playing football in Southern California, uh, where it's, I mean, come on, I want to be in Southern California. I don't know about you. Um, but, I mean, listen, Thomas Davis is a veteran. Um, you know, I, I hope that one day he's the type of player that has a statue um, outside of Bank of America Stadium or wherever we're playing, hopefully always Bank of America. Um, I love Thomas Davis, man. He meant so much to the team, the culture, and um, I I'll just—I I'll never say a, a bad word about the man. I'm happy for him. Um, I don't know about you. I know they're a good football team. Uh, I'm not—I uh, don't—I'm not mad at this because uh, they're in the AFC, and I know we don't play them next year. We do in 2020, but we won't see them this year, and I doubt we'll see them in the playoffs. And we happen, might not but... even
1: see him in 2020, but is that this is fine if we see him in the in a playoff game, or we just see him in 2020? Well, first, I'm not going to be upset with him. Period. It would be a lot harder to see my man yes. in a Falcons jersey, to see him in a Saints jersey, to uh, see him in a Bucs jersey. Don't do- that don't could. even don't even I, with that. You know, is that it, if Thomas Davis, I'm okay with a guy who says, look, I want to end my career as a Panther. He probably he surely did. He truly did. But at the same time, too, is that if someone's going to pay you to play football and you can make uh real money that's meaningful money to your family and to the future of future Davis's generations, then you go do it. I ain't got no problem with that. I'm happy for you. This is like you said, the climate's great there because boy, what a cruddy way to go out it would be in Buffalo
2: yeah man or or you can be like Antonio Brown, hear that you're getting traded to Buffalo and say, nah no way, I don't even blame him miss me with that bullshit bro,
1: I don't even blame him Uh, we gotta talk about that, there's some crazy things, so Thomas Davis uh, keep pounding man, Uh, and I would say, sadly, you're never gonna get the ring not with them. And I don't care how good they were, Phillip Rivers can't get past the play. The fact that you could not beat the Baltimore Ravens and they put up like eight yards that game. Ugh. Yeah. Just he cannot he's got a playoff yeah. curse. Phillip Rivers has got a playoff curse, man.
2: Yeah. Um I don't know, man. Uh I know that uh Phillip Rivers is not uh he's not your favorite quarterback uh in the world i mean listen man like like i said i don't i don't feel any sort of threat um from the chargers not only are they not um they're not in our division but you know i I think uh the uh, afc west is going to be a tough division to be competitive in uh going forward the the chiefs and pat mahomes i mean that's going to be a that's a rough ride for anyone so, like I said, man, I love Thomas Davis. I wish him nothing but the best. I know Panther fans everywhere generally feel the same. So do Panther players. Um, I'm happy for him, man. I, I absolutely wish him the best.
1: I'm going to ask you a question, but before you answer it, yeah. I got to – all right, so the question's going to be – so don't answer it right away. But the question okay. is, what is it going to take for you to like Marty Harney? Right now, he's had two seasons where he's had great off seasons right now where we're starting to think that there's some real things that are happening. And similar to that question, I got to ask this. There's 52 people watching right now. There's 25 thumbs up. What's it going to take, folks, to get 20 more thumbs up? Come on. What's it going to take? Cody, what's it going to take for you to trust Marty Herney, to feel the hern? Because I do... I know people are going to be like, oh, he's trying to just always come in and say he likes Marty Herney uh, when he does good stuff, but all the bad. No, I've consistently said that Marty Herney is a pretty darn good GM, and it seems like in his second stint, he might be a little bit wiser than his first stint, or he just has a little burst of energy. Maybe he's getting tired towards the end. A good, decent offseason last year. Some flawed plans when it comes to the age of the team. A little bit on Ron Rivera, a little bit on Herney there, but his free agency game has been elevated in his second run. We made good decisions here. What would it take in the remainder of free agency and this draft for you to feel the Hern?
2: Well, I, I... So I don't know what, what all we're going to do in free agency going forward. I believe right now we have 7 million. But, I, I mean, as, as far as what makes me comfortable with Marty Herney being the GM. He has to nail this draft, man. We have needs at tackle. We have needs at defensive end. We have needs at safety. We should be able to fill every single need on our team with a starter. And I know that seems like a lot, but man, knowing what I know about the players in this draft, if he's not able to do that, then I, I question him as a general manager. Um, but I will give him the credit, man. Eric Reed bringing him in and paying him the kind of money that, that Eric got uh, before the safety market just blew up. Um, Matt Paradis, uh, Dante Jackson, and, and DJ Moore last year. I'm happy about that. Um, Tori Smith, you and I are up and down on. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I want to be all in on Marty Herney. I just don't know that I am until I until I see what he does in this draft. I want a franchise left tackle and a brand new badass defensive end to go on the line. And when that happens, I'm all in. And until then, I just I have my reservations. I'm not I'm not sure that that I trust him yet. Um I don't know that he's done anything to warrant that trust yet
3: oh i'm open
2: to the fact that he might he might but not yet
3: this is the overtime podcast network
1: all All right for my month i gotta say this here he goes here's our appeal we're gonna go chat room first the chat room's got some things to say positively about marty herney first uh 10 tizzy says marty herney first round guru totally true And I don't want to hear people say, Oh, you should always hit in the first round. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you should always hit in the first round. And we see people not do it year in and year out and how long that sets you back. Marty Herney, first strength, first round guru. Number two, Michael Jones says that being freed from Jerry Richardson has helped, has helped Marty Herney. Number two, number three. Yeah. I believe this is that we saw that last year's free agency Tari, we were happy with the Brashard Breland deal he did the physical part got out of it recuperates very quickly goes cockerel, and on last second gets into the Poe game the Poe thing didn't work out yet I still think there's some tra- there's some opportunity for it to work but did not have he had a backup plan or at least made some backup moves his la- last year's draft was pretty solid wouldn't you say? DJ Moore. Yeah, Ian year, Thomas. Who else did we get in last year's draft? Uh D- uh Dante
2: Jackson. Dante Jackson. Uh, who I think is going to be a fantastic player. Um I, I, I really do like uh you know DJ Moore. I know. We got three starters. We got the-
1: three starters in a row when it comes to DJ Moore, Dante Jackson, and uh Ian Thomas. Right now, and
2: that's what that's what will make me feel better about him. I, I I'll give you that all day, every day. In the first round, the man is money. I mean, he's signed some fantastic players, drafted some great players. I want to see him hit on some gems later on in the draft that that people, um, you know, that people are going to be talking about for a long time. That's what I want to see him do. I feel that a good general manager should be able to unearth some gems, <laughs> and I uh, I want him to show that he has the ability to do that.
1: Still some time there. Some uh, Jay St- Ste- Steverson says, look out for Haha Clinton Dix. Could be coming, something like that. Now, uh, also, there could be some cuts coming and, and a way to make uh, some room. look, is... Um and and this goes to a point that Lynn was talking about. And I'm gonna put this up. Is that I saw this on Facebook and I thought this was a pretty interesting, uh, post here. And it is about what the cap number could look like in 2020. Now I think even here, when it comes to what this is saying, is that this could be even a larger. In in many ways, because if we if we release Ryan Khalil after June 1st, the money we save this year will also roll into 2020. So you get the 2020 savings and the 2019 savings, double savings that year. So Marty Herney, one of the cool things right now is that he doesn't seem to be uh, playing desperate at this moment. Now, what Lynn brought up in the chat room is she said, she heard there was only $4 million in free space. And if that is the case right now, the roster is more filled out than we expect it to be unless there's some changes are coming. Now, what are these changes that are potentially there? Cersei is an opportunity. Cersei, uh, he will not be there, right? Is that you're going to drop him, you're going to save a couple million dollars there. Um, I There's got to be... Somebody, somehow, some way, you can make a little space on this team. I don't know who it is. Is hey, it Ross Vernon?
2: Is uh maybe Ross Cockrell, who I think signed a two year. If I if I'm not mistaken, I should probably just bring up over the cap. I got so it. I, I got it. I got sound, it. Uh, um. Yeah, I think Ross Cockrell would would be a great one. Um. And hey, man, you know, let, let's bring up Torrey Smith again. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Torrey Smith at some point wouldn't even be trade fodder. Uh, you know, if he isn't as productive or if Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore both just turn it on at the same time, maybe that's an option too. Um, Ross I do um, Ross
1: Cockrell gets you a two, a two and a half million. Cersei would get you 1.8 million. And um, we're talking about... Uh, Don Poe, you wouldn't clear up a lot. I think the number is this, is that I would be... Actually, I don't know if this could happen now that we've seen the free agent numbers go out there. But one of the things that I've kept saying is Shaq Thompson making $9 million this year is a lot. And not that it's a, a ton of money for the... It is kind of top upper echelon numbers because he's on that fifth year option but he could get a longer deal with less of a cap hit where it's you know you you could take that number down to seven and spread it out and maybe it escalates a little bit in a year or two that might free up a little um man but when when you see that, the linebackers that, when you see the linebackers that, getting paid good lord yeah. that might sound like a, he might be a discount right now at nine million dollars
2: Maybe so, but listen, that kind of brings me to another point about Marty Herney, though. Why wouldn't we have done that already? I mean, free agency is right now, you know? I mean, I know uh, technically it starts tomorrow, but everyone's doing, doing their, their dirty dealings right now. So, if, you know, why not sign Shaq to a, a brand new deal now to lower that hit, to have Might a little right. bit of money, to maybe sign a haha ha Clinton Dix or you know whoever else is out there um you know at the free safety position you know
1: there is not Um, a lot of people there are not a lot of people to cut to be honest there are no there's um, not not a lot of room to free up at this we have a lot of a lot of money
2: is tied up in cam newton luke kickley don Poe, k1 short matt khalil um, but god, that Matt Khalil just makes uh that makes my soul hurt. Um especially since I want to replace him so damn bad. Um I got the
1: idea. I got it. We gotta restru- right, we're restructuring restructuring Mario Addison. That's what we gotta do. Mario Addison is due ten point six million dollars this year. The last year of his contract right now. Is that you could cut him today And uh, save Six million dollars You could do that You would have four and a half million But you would free up six million But you need that defensive end What if you extended Mario Addison a year And And Just suck it up for a year A little bit And and have a little bit more on that next year But you're going to have so much space come open That might give you some breathing room now,
2: um, I mean, I, th- that's that's kind of what I'm saying, though. I feel as though um, I, I don't know. Maybe they can do it later when they want to, you know, during the uh, trade period uh, sometime during the season. Now it just feels like what Shaq, Mario, whoever else – it's just a little bit too little, not. too late. It
1: might be like um, this one of those things is the guys you're trying to get are not the premier free agents. So you kind of let the dust settle. You let the interest, you see some players that didn't get the interest that they thought. Think about what you were able to get Kenny Vaccaro for or Trey Boston late at last when nobody came a shopping. Right. So now if yeah. you need to get a couple of million dollars and pad out the roster, there there could be some small things to do, but not a ton, a ton of options. We really committed a lot. It seems like this point in the draft is going to have to be pretty good. We're going to need at Mario Addison to play another good year for us. A lot of questions to be answered still, but we got Joey Riolano in the house, that freaking Puerto Rican. And that guy must be, it's like freaky Friday to him. He's freaky happy. It came freaking fast. Matt Paradis, your guy, is now a Carolina Panther.
4: I am very happy. Um, I'm happy to be here on the show with you guys, for one. And for two, I really did. This is the guy I hope the Panthers would get. Yeah. I knew um, Ryan Khalil's value was. Considerably more than his playing ability. Uh, his understanding of the offense and his role and the other people along the offensive front's role was, was invaluable. So I was really feeling like we needed a veteran to come in and take over the the center position, as opposed to a rookie. Um, Not to say the rookie couldn't have done the job. I just feel much more comfortable having a guy that's been through the
1: wars. And and you don't have to give him a pass in his first year. As right. Me. You don't have to okay. consider yep. the first year as just like, uh, it's a learning year. A learning,
4: a learning year. Right. And and that's what we have. We have one of the better centers in the league. And <laughs> I don't think we overpaid for him. I think we got we're gonna be getting our money to worth.
1: Yeah, it doesn't uh, seem uh, like he got uh, overpaid at all. I mean it's actually a reasonable number.
4: Very much so. And I I did hear earlier in the day that he had gone to Tennessee and accepted an offer from them. So I was a bit discouraged. But then um later in the day I see a tweet and I'm like, no fucking way And sure enough he I guess he changed his mind or he liked what he saw in Carolina. And that's how I felt about this whole free agent thing is I know the team doesn't have a lot of cap space. But I know Charlotte, and that area is very appealing. If you have a a young family with young kids and you want to live in an area that feels like a big city, but it still feels like a small town, Charlotte is your area, and I I felt that we needed to bring in players, free agents, and let them see Charlotte. Take them around town, let them see the schools and, and the neighborhoods, and the art, and uh, the sports, and you know, everything Charlotte has to offer, and maybe make it less about the money. And more about the right lifestyle.
2: And uh, listen, I, as someone who lives in Charlotte, Joe, you're 100 percent correct. Eric Reed even said that in the video that he shot with Bill Volz when Bill Volz was interviewing him that you know Charlotte is uh you know it's just the the right type of uh, of city to want to raise your family in. It feels like a city, but it doesn't have quite the congestion of a city. Um, I love it. I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think this team, even though we have some needs at some key positions, the fact that we have Cam Newton, the fact that we have Luke Kickley, we have these stalwarts on offense and defense. And whenever you have them, I mean, we're always a contender to make a push. And I think for a free agent like Matt Paradis, I mean, that that's an attractive offer to come here to Charlotte.
4: Yeah, so well, knowing he's not, he's not gonna have any competition, you know. He's coming in to a starting role, yeah, and he knows he's gonna need to be a leader. Plus, he's got you know a family, so it's a great area. I mean, how could he say no to nine million a year on top of having a starting position from the time you walk in the door and being in a great area?
1: You know, I gotta wonder what we're gonna do. I mean, I think we're starting to get a little depth too when it comes to our offensive line. Tyler Larson, who we signed as that can that's got some versatility there. Um he, as well as I think they, you know, Van Roten, that you bring in a couple, uh you bring in one start. You you know what you might be able to do here, guys, is only have to draft one offensive lineman uh high up. If you drafted one in the first and then you could go to def- defense, defense, all of a sudden, and get a safety, um, or get an edge, something like that, to make a difference. And really, I'm, I'm about a little tired of people already giving up on Golden. We have no idea what Rashawn Golden's gonna be. Now, does that mean that I think that that he necessarily needs to be given the starting job like we did to a Trey Boston his second year, where we did to a Ben A. Ben Wickery as a nickel corner his second year? Maybe a little bit too much on their plate too early, but only seeing him in limited snaps last year, I think is too quick to just write him off as not being good enough just yet. So let's see what Ross Cockrell can offer uh coming back or if if he's going to be a cap casualty. Let's see where things are going from there. Look, uh you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. We want to hear from you. We're going to go ahead and jump into the cat calls. The number's 252-228-5098. This is a time where you can leave a voicemail for us anytime uh throughout the week and we will play it. Now, let's go ahead and jump into these calls and see what you guys got to say about these reactions. So what are your thoughts
0: on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel?
3: Uh, very uncomfortable.
0: So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel?
3: It feels a two, good, like... And a three and a four and a- Who's that cat in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that cat? Kid-
0: Man, what a signing. Uh, hey, guys from uh, Harrisburg. That's from Harrisburg. Hey, I just some the, of uh, the news come in that we got Matt Partis from. Um, wow, well, Tony, you were right, man. Did not think we were going to make a big team. I thought that was basically just a thing in the towel. But, man, that was huge for me if it takes care of one of our three biggest teams. Obviously, we would have loved to see Trey Flowers, but I mean, looking at the contracts that those two guys got, I mean, there's just no way we were gonna be able to make yeah. those numbers work. Unrealistic. But, man, I'm happy that uh, they were able to be aggressive and get the best market. Um, I was trying to certain to call for Garrett Brad there a little bit, but I think that's okay. That, uh, that probably, obviously, isn't gonna happen. Now we can really focus on the two obvious. Position to now, offensive tackle and uh, defensive end. So excited to uh, kind of see how I uh, fit sitting with everybody and stuff on our team. Pretty excited, guys. Thanks.
1: Yeah. Uh, what the one thing we're gonna have to do is get Matt Paradis, Pardis. Uh, the, we got to get him on the show and tell him how to tell so he can tell us how to pronounce his damn name. That's what we're gonna need. I think I like that Pardis. He said it quick and smooth. I'm sitting here like I'm in paradise. Now, the, the thing that here is what I love about this signing is he said it. He said it, man, this takes care of a need. You're getting a a key player, a player that's had a lot of success at his position, right? As well as think about what you would have done with that money elsewhere. How about what you think you, you would, would you be happy if we got Daryl Williams?
2: yeah we we do need to talk about Daryl
1: Williams no, uh, I would be Reef upset Reef. I don't want Daryl Williams. We don't know enough about Daryl Williams. I'm not saying all he's Reef. bad. I just don't know if he's good
2: so listen, you know uh, and Tony and I know um no, we, we talk about this there's a uh, a coalition of people on on Panthers Twitter that absolutely hate Daryl Williams, and i i I dove into this to understand why. And when you look at the film, it is easy to understand why uh, on most of, not most, but on a lot of plays where Darryl Williams is in pass protection, he had to have a tight end or a running back help him in pass protection. So that means one-on-one, Darryl Williams is a liability on the right side. Mind you, the best pass rushers in the NFL, a lot of the times they're lining up against the right tackle. So I think you have Taylor Moten, who's shown to be better at the position than Daryl Williams. Um, I just, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm on the same team, man. I don't want Daryl Williams uh, to be back on the team. I think there are better options in the draft. Um, As I've been saying, build that wall. Spend premium draft capital protecting Cam Newton, and I feel that if we do that, um, you know, I'm 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 happy with that. Um, but now Daryl Williams is a name that has not gone to another team yet, so I don't know if he is going to pull the type of money that he might want somewhere else. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm on your side though. I don't. I'm not a, a fan of of Daryl Williams as much as I once was.
1: Joe Daryl Williams is going to go to another team. They're going to pay him because he's listed as a tackle and then uh, halfway through the year if he can stay healthy or the next year they're going to mike Remmers him and have to put him at guard.
4: <laughs> I am um, I don't know, man. I I, I think I mean, it's such a high demand position. You know, people almost pay you just to see if, if you can work out as yes. that position. <laughs> yeah. Which um, is- I mean, we, look what we did with, uh, Khalil. Yep. You know, that's a perfect example. We, we signed him with hope that he could get better and, and that he'd be healthy. Now we're gonna have to play him, especially if your Williams leaves.
1: Well, and we don't draft somebody.
4: And we don't draft somebody, yeah. But even if we don't, even if we draft somebody, you're gonna want Cam's blind side being protected by a rookie.
1: Well, Daryl Williams can't play the left. He is not quick enough to play the left. He is like a... He's a bigger... but You know, Scott Karasik, of all people, said that he can't be a tackle when he came out of the draft. And I think that he could be... I think he can be a right tackle. But what Cody's saying is true is that he's just stronger in run protection than he is in pass protection. So he is going to be a... He's younger. I would say this is that I would be more optimistic about Daryl Williams if we had seen more than one full season out of him. But we've got not only are there some question marks about his actual play on the field and ability, or particularly maybe limitations, but he has not been able to stay healthy. And sadly, some of that's not his fault. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't help injury, but at sometimes it does become habitual. Yeah, I, I mean, I just <laughs> would you. I'm just saying this. I think we get more bang for our buck with Paradise than if we would have signed Daryl Williams to uh, a one-year. Oh, I, one I, year. I, I cannot
4: I cannot agree with you more. But I'm talking in the terms of tackles. Right. If we have to play Moten on the left and play. Williams on the right. I don't think that's a terrible position to me.
1: Wouldn't be awful, but uh, I know Cody has been a strong fan of keeping Moten on the right and getting a guy that he thinks could be just developed into a left. I promise you this. If we get a rookie left tackle, it's going to be some growing pains with it. It Don't matter if they're top five pick top 16 pick. There will be some growing pains and Moten better be able to hold his own on the right because you want to put tight end help. It's going to be on the left. We're going to need it. Let's get into the next call. The number is two five six. I
2: do want to say one, one more thing, though. Uh, so, yes, a left tackle is definitely going to have some growing pains. It doesn't matter if it's Jonah Williams, Andre Dillard. And, I mean, those guys are the best names to mention for left tackle. But I do want to say this. Having a quarterback like Cam Newton helps. Okay. Sure. Cam Newton has never had a, a, a dominant tackle position on the left or right side. So his mobility does help. But if if Cam has a dominant interior line, so the center, the right guard, and the left guard, I almost prefer that than having dominant tackle play because if Cam Newton has time to step up into the pocket and distribute the football and maybe have some time to move around, I'm more confident in his ability to uh, avoid an edge rusher than I am to uh for him to dodge like a Fletcher Cox or an Aaron Donald, you know, I would prefer him have a clean pocket to be able to step up and throw the football. So that's why I'm okay with having a tackle that might have some growing pains.
1: Do you think Khalil? Do you do you guys think Khalil plays this year?
2: Probably so.
1: Joe, mm-hmm. you do? Uh, oh,
4: I absolutely do. I think if, if we could have. We would have liked to cut him and save the money, but because he's getting paid, I think they expect him to go up there and earn the starting job.
1: They can save some money if he is the one, you get two June 1st designated cuts. You don't save the money till next year though, but it is, the question is, is that that, that's going to be determined a lot in the draft is is that you know you could cut him june first if you get an offensive ta- if you get a offensive tackle in the first round if you get a dillard or you get the other guy um who's the other guy the alabama dude
2: uh john Jonah Williams.
1: Williams that those could be but you still might draft those guys and still keep Khalil around because if you get if you lose one of the things we learned here is this is when Khalil went down we had nothing. And he was already mm-hmm. nothing when he was on the field. Is I don't even like. I if anything, you might it might be just worth keeping him around to just pick up trash in the parking lot until an injury happens. <laughs> and uh, but here we'll get we'll we'll continue to look at that monitor that a lot of questions be answered on draft night and the days of free agency to come. Here, let's keep going with these cat calls. Oh, what up, C three
0: fam? Josh from Mass. Well, it's been a hot i on the cat call. Usually I'm just, you know, trying to trade everybody in the chat to Buffalo every week. But, uh, <laughs> and the host. To talk about this week, man. The fun fun. He's done funching around in Carolina, though. He's he going off. Going off somewhere else. Up in Indy. And they paid him way too goddamn much money, fool. What the hell are they smoking up there?
3: <laughs>
0: 13 mil with incentives. But it's, it's, I guess it's closer to 10 mil guarantee. It's like, that's, that's, that's almost top tier wide out money. Like, man, they smoking some stuff up in India. I didn't know they legalized. And then we got TD going to, to San Diego, well, LA. Um, I actually see that being a pretty good fit for him. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. Little disappointed that it seems like we're going to let Williams walk. Uh, we might even let Kyle love go on and walk. A Ooh, he's a but
1: Good name to so, talk about.
0: Uh, it is what it is. Yeah. We just don't have the cap this year to do uh, a whole lot of exciting things. Um, but i, I well, that's it's just popping up now. I guess we signed a, a center out of Denver. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to really grab his name and look at any of his stuff. So hopefully he's worth a damn. That'd be nice. Three, three years, he 27 is. million, Yeah. That's not terrible. As long as he's worth it. Uh, man, I think the biggest letdown of the weekend was, uh, AB going to the Raiders. Not because I thought he was gonna come to Charlotte, but because if y'all remember, it was like Friday night, they're like, AB is getting traded to Buffalo, my man. And I was, I was dying, <laughs> I was rolling, and then I woke up Saturday morning, heartbroken that I wasn't going to go be, be able to go blasting into the chat tonight on Tuesday <laughs> and be like, yo, guess who got traded to Buffalo? That's a shame that that piece of humor got ripped away from from our little community like that. it's just the way it is. He got ripped <laughs> away from our community. Uh, he we'll, we signed Heineken uh, for another year. Mm, I wouldn't have bothered. that was the better quarterback, probably cheaper too. Uh I mean whatever, if there will reverse your order us depth chart then uh that'd be cool. And I think I'm I think I'm almost out of time.
1: Man, he so, knew he's watching the clock.
0: Yeah, no, nope, that that's the end of it I believe. Right there.
1: Yeah, let's see. You know what? He might have one more call here, but let's go ahead let's go ahead and take uh, he might have another call to follow up. Three things I wanna come away from that call. Let's talk about Kyle Love first. Uh, Joe Person comes out with a tweet that says the Carolina Panthers were interested in extending Kyle or to to getting Kyle Love back on the team. Productive player two years in a row for the Carolina Panthers. I want to say that Kyle Love has been with the team on and off. I feel like he's one of those players that played with us a couple of years and then left and then came back in this second stint. Uh, Pretty big boy. A lot of people. um, Well, first, I I know that Rich Kingston and England loves him. And uh, everybody loved him more than Poe. He seemed more productive last year uh, than Dontari Poe. But I am going to take the position of I'm kind of glad this didn't work out. Now, um, I understand that we we if we look in the immediacy, Love has been a, a pleasant surprise in addition to this team. We have loved that addition. But in some ways... You know, I feel like, you know, you're 32 years old, maybe going on 33. He could get older quickly too. And we saw last year, if we learned a lesson anywhere, is that in the trenches, this age shows a little bit more quickly. And a guy of that size, I, I don't know, is that maybe this is the time that you just you suck it up, Buttercup, and you go with a younger player here. Maybe you stiff you tough out Vernon Butler a little bit more time. Uh, going forward, I don't know what we're gonna have to do. Maybe uh, we can't go three tackle rotation, can we, Joey? Oh, we might have lost Joe for a second. Uh, go ahead, Cody. Where do you think? Uh, I know that you wanted to see Love back in a Panthers jersey.
2: So this is, and uh, I'm glad that uh, that this was brought back up uh, by, by Josh. This is part of the reason why I wasn't happy with the Tory Smith deal. Because that's $5 million going towards a receiver that caught 17 passes. Yet, I think there is a legitimate case to be made that Kyle Love was a better defensive tackle last year than Dontari Poe was. And Dontari Poe is the one that we shelled out all that money for to be a starter. Um, I just feel that there are games when the, uh, Kyle Love, of all people, was our best pass rusher from a one technique defensive tackle position. Now, I'm not saying this is all the time, but who would you rather have, Kyle Love or Torrey Smith? And I know you and I have kind of talked about that before, but I would much rather have Kyle Love. And you're right, uh, Love has been on the team, uh, I believe since 2015. So he was with us on that Super Bowl run. Um, I'm a fan of Kyle Love, I think as a rotational player, uh, he fits what we do well. He knows the team. And I think that he's worth the money. Um, so that, that's another, um, reason why I wasn't happy that $5 million wasn't going towards a 17 catch receiver when it could have gone towards a proven commodity at the defensive tackle position.
1: I don't know. You know, I, I just, I, I hate to uh, uh, pay somebody a little bit too much for what they did is that, I mean, we need to find the next cow Love in a way. I think another thing too yeah. is that uh, we got to ask the question. Uh, I, and I think Ronda uh, Rivera has been pretty protective of Don Terry Poe. I want Don Terry Poe to work. I thought it was going to work better than it did. I'm still, look, we got a lot of money invested in it. So we got to stop complain about it start cheering about it in a way but the question is is maybe some of the schematic changes would that lend to maybe more three four looks would that help poe I think love is a player that probably could help but could fit as a backup as a nose too there as well so we'll see maybe the defensive tackle position can be alleviated a hair if you do if with by scheme. But the Panthers are going to have to do something. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they try to get, um, a, a defensive tackle in this draft at some point. Um, or Vernon Butler. Good God. They did play him a lot last year. I hope that we can get some use out of him. Joe, you got any thoughts on love before we move on?
4: Yeah, I think, um, i am like him as a rotational player coming in off the bench giving some of um, our other big guys a breather. Um, I like him because I feel like you can trust him. You know, he's going to do the right thing every time. He's familiar with our system. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's been around the locker room. So, I, if, if we can hold on to him, I'd love to be able to. Um, but, you know, in this time and era that Is the NFL, uh, you lose people over, you know, ten thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, straight. Well, yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) the truth. Um, next thing that stuck out to me on that call uh, from Josh from Ashton, thanks, Josh, for being such a big supporter of the show. Been on the show before, love to have you back. Expect to have you here on draft night as well. He's excited about it. I know Antonio Brown, the saga it continued, it ended, it continued. Uh I, It was his time in Buffalo was so short that I didn't even know it happened because I went to bed uh that night before the I saw any of the news. Maybe I just didn't check the news or whatever. And then I woke up and people were talking about the deal that fell through. And uh, I saw one guy from Buffalo say that said that Antonio Brown's stay in Buffalo lasted uh, longer than about the same time as my first marriage. (laughs) And uh, now Antonio Brown, a lot of criticism, a lot, a lot of criticism, divisiveness uh, and polarizing year for Antonio Brown. We've seen his, that he has been outspoken about wanting out of Pittsburgh a lot of people have described him as a petulant child, um, as a guy that has put himself above his team, that has uh, forced himself uh, in a way that they were rooting for him to fail. One of the things, too, as that the Steelers said, we're going to accommodate this trade, there were not as many suitors early on, as some people had originally thought there would be maybe a month ago or three you know when this saga first started so the notion that antonio brown as a problem as a cancer as a diva as a distraction that had gained so much traction antonio brown was going to be cast he was going to be cast into the the depths of despair when it comes to buffalo he denied it he power played it He power played everything and he is a Raider now and he got a damn pay raise. I think this is that I wasn't necessarily rooting for or against Antonio Brown. The thing that came to me is, is if you look at his numbers, the production is there. And I was a little stunned that there wasn't even more interest in him, but he goes, he's a Raider Cody with a pay raise. Where are you at on Antonio Brown?
2: <laughs> so, uh, I mean, basically he had, I mean, I don't want to put it this way. I was going to say a child threw a temper tantrum and got everything that he wanted out of his temper tantrum. I mean, that's 100% what happened. But also, and you know, I called into my buddy, um, Pigskin Peach Show, he's another YouTuber. Uh, He's a a Clemson guy. And I called into his show, and we were talking about this. And I I feel that Ben Roethlisberger is just a a terrible human being and a bad leader. And I think that too much of the blame goes on Antonio Brown for that locker room being toxic or messed up or whatever. Um, So, yeah, listen, if you're done somewhere, move on to somewhere else, and the man got paid and a brand-new contract –
1: um, mm-hmm. that's it's what I was listening. a little stunned by. I thought he was gonna get dealt. Yeah. I didn't think it yeah, was gonna uh-huh. come with a bump.
2: And they only got a third and a fifth round pick for him. They didn't even they they wanted a first round pick for Antonio Brown, and that did not happen at all. So I the
4: Steelers. they kinda of put themselves in a the corner when they said, Oh, the trade's gonna happen by Friday. Yeah. You know, that kind of they were cranking themselves into a corner and nobody took the bait. I
1: Because yeah,
4: he didn't get created until Saturday.
1: I got to say this so, is the people root is that just listen to these numbers. Here are receptions. Since 2013, he has had over f- 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Six seasons in a row, he's had over 100 catches. He had 136 in 2015. He had 104 last year. Uh, Since 2013, he has had over 1,200 yards every season. Over 1,250 yards every season. He had uh, 1,800 yards in 2015. He had 1,500 yards in 2017. He had a quiet – last year, Antonio Brown had a quiet 104 catches for 1,200 – for 1,300 yards.
2: But but will he do that with Derek Carr throwing him the football?
1: Maybe not. He had 15 touchdowns, career-high two last season, 15 touchdowns.
2: Yeah. So as a receiver, you know, as good as you might be, uh, you're only as good as a receiver throwing – I mean, as the quarterback throwing you the football. Um, And, you know uh, – What's it going to do with Derek Carr throwing him to football? I think Derek Carr is an underrated quarterback. A lot of people Mm. hate on him. I don't think he's terrible. I think in 2000, okay. I mean, in in 2016, I I think, uh, you know, after Derek Carr got hurt, uh, he was, you know, that team went downhill.
4: So um, he can be good. Yeah. He can be.
1: He absolutely can be. They had a big running game that year, though.
4: Yeah. Look, look, let's be honest. Any quarterback that has a good running game can have a good year.
1: Yeah. The problem is, unless you're cursed, like the Carr family is, Carr family curse. (laughs) Uh, And was there any? So love, A, B, and uh, I think that was about it. When it came. to
2: you, you wanna you wanna wait for the Odell thing, or you wanna do that later?
1: Or? Yeah, because oh, well, everyone's talking about. It? Well, let's see this. Let's let's just see what the next call's got. All right, we got a couple okay, more calls.
0: Yeah. Hey, Josh from Matt again. Uh, Josh, he's probably gonna and bring hey, it you know, up. I almost forgot. We we resigned. Uh, everybody's favorite Tom
1: Jones. Mm. The necessary. would have not talked about that?
0: Special teams, but man, I just hope we don't have to suffer watching that man go out there and get lit on fire like a piece of pork dropped out of hot coal. That that was bad last year, man. Seeing him go in there and try to run coverage, it was ooh, ooh, bad. Uh, but also, calling in this week, I'm a little under the weather. I might not make it into the chat tonight. Oh, I he's to he's to, to Ken, oh, he's back. He's here. Oh, he's in chat. Lynn, Cody, um, Ken. Everybody else, I know I'm forgetting a few. Um,
1: Wes Underground, but I hope y'all Daniel Duncan, Aldi, well, Brad you know, Dugan. Hope
0: to enjoy, but enjoying the true the early part of free agency here, and uh, hope y'all having a good night. Maybe I'll be in the chat. Maybe I won't. You guys see how I'm feeling. I can beat this fever a little bit. But y'all have a good
1: one. He's got the free, he's got the free agent fever. Colin Jones, you know, is this, is that I am a Colin Jones hater, but I actually get, I understand this move a lot is that first of all, Colin Jones is a good special teams player. Like he is a necessary component on a team. If you don't ask him to play on defense. The other thing, though, is is that we have signed Jem- the Jermaine Carter, Colin Jones now, two lineback- uh Well, no, we I thought we had one other linebacker that we may have kind of signed to a futures deal. I cannot remember what was. I'm starting to think that this is this is saying that we are parting ways when it comes to David Mayo. That the writing is on the wall. That that's not part of the plan. So, Colin Jones, the fastest man on the team, that we only learn how fast he is when he's chasing down somebody that just got past him because he blew the coverage. Colin Jones, congrats. We got to deal with you another year. Uh, I hope I only see you on special teams and uh, maybe depth. Nah. All right, let's keep going.
5: Bye, guys, Rich in London. We have What's up, got a center. We have got the center, Matt paradise. Matt Paradis, <laughs> we have got a centre, we have got a centre, Matt Paradis. Matt. Anyway, that's that's kind of football chanting on this country. <laughs> um, well, what a great signing. Everyone's paying way too much money yes. for really average players. And we pull this off. Allegedly second best centre in the league. Uh, a broken fibula is nothing. Uh, small bone, easily healed um he should be absolutely fine what a fantastic start um we won't probably now draft another center so the ed- clearly edge or tackle god i hope it's edge or tackle will be the focus at 16 Um, uh, maybe safety in the second round but it just removes one thing from the draft that we have to focus on even though they were good centers um but on that there were a couple of Ragnar and billy price last year were meant to be good centers so, you know, two or three more this year. They clearly come out so in three years if Paradis is done. we're sure we'll find another one. Um, it does mean we've still got a good backup in Larson, who might move to guard. Or... But, yeah, Moten, Turner, Paradise, Van Roten, and the turnstile on the left. Um, maybe we can sort that. Maybe we get lucky and Jonah drops, Jonah Williams or Dillard, someone drops the left tackle. Um but a very good day. The Twitter's absolutely exploded. Um, I've done my best to try and get PFF Sam Monson um, some national recognition onto our... onto the hour. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Cody podcast. I just keep hijacking it every week. Anyway, guys, everyone does a great job. Uh, a very impressive day. I think Marty Ernie has really, really done something very, very impressive. It's when, when you see all the professionals the Brian Baldingers and, and all those people saying, wow, what a great move this is for the Panthers, when basically they've all been sort of face palming in the last couple of days. Um, everybody else, you know, you've done something right. Anyway, guys, look forward to hearing this tomorrow and uh, keep pounding. We have got a center. We have
1: got a center. <laughs> we have got a center. And uh, yeah, I saw Jeff Schwartz, Schwartz giving this love. I think this is a great signing. I've been very happy with this. Also to mention some uh, housekeeping names that we got Colin Jones in the books. Both Taylor uh, Taylor Heineke signs. And I did see uh, he will be signing a one-year one, one year contract as well as I saw um, a Joe Person implied that Cal uh, for y'all that have asked, that is Kyle Allen still on the team. A Joe Person tweet said this to the effect of Taylor Heineke now joins Kyle Allen. So it at least indicated me that he is currently on the roster at this point, which could mean this is that the idea of drafting a quarterback in this is a little bit more far removed from the minds of the general managers going forward. Ron Rivera said they like what they had in these backups, and I think when they say, I like what we have in these backups, it means it's Cam Newton or bust, baby. And if in Cam Newton we trust and with without Cam Newton we bust, you might as well t- – it's it's kind of like Cook, guys. It's going to be hard to have a team without Cam Newton. Last call of the night, the number is 252-228-5098. We still got a couple of topics to get through, too.
3: Hey, Panther Nation podcast. How y'all doing? Hey, gee. Gee. Up, gee. we picked up safety from Denver. Paradise, Center. paradise. I'm going to Paradise City got Guns N' Roses on, you know, song, you know Paradise take me down City. to Paradise City <laughs> where the grass is green. And the girls look pretty.
0: <laughs> now with
3: that, the Panthers doing that, do you guys feel that we will go after a offensive left tackle in the first round mm-hmm. or do we go defensive end in the first round? That's the question okay. I want to know because, you know, I still want the boys from Alabama to play left tackle. Even though people say he has short arms and this and that, you know,
0: Fake news. That I would
3: mind seeing Montez Sweat or, you know, hope pronounce his name right, Clinton Farrell out of Clemson,
0: Clinton you know, defensive
3: end. So, what what do you guys think? Because I think since we got that center now, I think the young man from NC State, Bradbury, where his name is, I think we could give that a rest. But I'm still I'm still in love with that left tackle pick I really am and the free safety position now you know we have Reed but we need somebody next to him and I'm looking on Twitter and I see that a lot of people saying us to get Trey Boston back you know a fellow Tar Heel and I'm a Tar Heel fan I wasn't a big Trey Boston fan but before he left he was doing a hell of a lot better than when he first started true but I still am I seeing Ha Ha Clinton Dix you know Mm. either one of those two but we'll see we still have time, you know. You know, we never do a big splash on the first day of free agency anyway. So, give me guys opinion. Who do you guys think we will take, you know, a left tackle or a defensive end or with the 16th pick in the first round? Who do you think the Panthers, what position are we going to take? Keep pounding. A
1: couple of weeks ago, Cody, I declared a national emergency on this podcast. And I declared on the campaign – for another season that we needed to build that wall.
2: Build build that that wall. wall.
1: Build Build that that wall. wall. My answer is what Joe's answer was last week. I think that we can get by. I think that that the offensive line will be more helpful than reaching on a defensive end who potentially – is really a second-round pick, but people are running on him early. They say it's a deep draft. Joe, do you will you vote for me if my platform is build that wall?
4: Yes, if you're voting for the wall of offense to be put in front of Sam Newton, yes, absolutely. That's exactly what it him. is.
1: That is exactly. Um,
4: We just have to have it.
1: Um, Yeah.
4: If we end up having to score, you know, twenty-eight points a game to to be able to beat teams, I like those chances. If we have a good offense in front of camp, a good line. You're right. You're right. All right, Cody. You tell us. I think we have the positions. The people everywhere else on the field to be able to do it. We've got a team full of Christian McCaffreys, and they're going to be in their second year. They're going to be so much better. Think of how good they were this past year. They're going to be so much better this year.
1: Another year between Cam Newton and Norv Turner. Another year of Norv Turner with these receivers, knowing more and more what he's got. And now an offensive line maybe that you could build if you build that wall in front of Cam and Cam Newton's shoulder is healthy, that all of a sudden we could see some of the elements of the North Turner offense that we did not get to see as much because of the limitations that struck Cam Newton early. The Panthers offense and this team was 6-2 and before Cam Newton and the shoulder problems started to fall apart. That was with a very, very old defense, a defense that was not playing to the level that anyone had expected it to play at that point. The question is, is that can Mario Addison give us another year? Can FA Obata step into a larger role? And maybe can we get somebody in this draft that can be a contributor? Cody, tell us deeper in this draft if you are on the Build That Wall train right on that campaign should i say what are some things we could do later in this draft that could fortify our defenses on the other side of the trenches
2: so there well, there's a few names that could uh build our our defensive in depth and maybe even find some starters listen man who has been on to build that wall train more than me man i mean i've i've been saying for a long time it's time to spend some premium draft capital on offensive linemen in the first round, Um, Mm. guys like Andre Dillard, um, who probably might be my number one left tackle pick in this draft, even over Jonah Williams. We'll talk about that more in depth at a a later time. I do want to present the other side of this, though, because I do feel that there is more depth at the left tackle and even the guard position later on in the draft. Whereas we might be able to grab a premium pass rusher at the 16th pick, uh, in the first round. Whereas the drop off in the second, third round for the defensive edge rushers, it's a little bit steeper of a drop. So that is the concern. Yeah. the, The concern about going offensive lineman, you might be able to get more bang for your buck. At the offensive tackle position in the second round, Yanni Caduce out of West Virginia. Uh, that's a name I like a whole lot. Um, is very very strong anchor as well. It just depends on how teams value him. Um, yeah, didn't you have? And the it names? happens, everyone-
1: it, it Cody. It does. Uh, some of yeah. it is like how the board unfolds before us. Think about the run. Ryan- right on receivers that year that john ross and mike williams went around they just was an unnatural state of the board so while we while we could say that hey um you, whatever happens in the top 10 has a trickle down effect and that, that could really dictate more than just who we even if you had the choice between all of a sudden you might have a player you didn't think you could get
2: and if Dwayne haskins Kyler mary and drew lock the three quarterbacks, if they're all top 10 picks, which is very, very likely that they might be just that, then that also pushes more people down the board for us. I mean, there are a lot of premium first-round defensive talent that will be there for us to be able to select. Um, it just depends on who you're in love with. I'm on team build that wall. Uh, I, I, I'm just uh, of the mindset as long as it's an offensive tackle or or a guard. (laughs) Even a left guard would be awesome. Um, Or a a defensive end, tackle, guard, defensive end. Those three I'm 100% happy with, but nothing makes me happier than a franchise left
1: tackle.
2: 100%, I want to build that wall around number one.
1: I agree. I agree. You heard it. The campaign has started here. We declared a national emergency. We're asking for your vote. And in this upcoming election, we've got Cody, the campaign manager, Joe, our elder statesman here, all endorsing it at this point. But there are some questions there is that at this point, if it's not a left tackle, if it's, if Jonah Williams and Dillard are gone, then all of a sudden we might be thinking defensive end because the value you could get in the second round so it's going to be a lot of this will be dictated about how the the, the board falls. And like uh, Ken D said in the chat room earlier, we've got enough needs to where trading back is not out of the realm of possibilities for us. So if you move from 16 yes. to 22 and you get a defensive tackle and a defensive end and you get two first or early second round pick, you might be able to get some value there. Now, going to the last point of the call, Trey Boston. I have I did not really care for Trey Boston when he was here <laughs> Me neither. I think though, and i and and i and I was honest at this I think throughout the podcast that we did back then is that part, part of that was that we asked Dave Gettleman had some favorites that he put into some big spots early, maybe earlier than they needed to be in Trey Boston all of a sudden finds himself starting late in his rookie season and in his second season had a couple of successful plays but you didn't pair him beside an anchor you had a guy who had some limitations beside Roman Harper now if you bring back a Trey Boston arguably one of the ugliest people in the NFL sorry Trey Boston your mom is good looking <laughs> Boy, you are terrible looking looking like oh, his mom
2: his his mom is hot
1: yeah, and she's like, t- I've
2: never seen her.
1: Yeah, she and she's nice. She'll talk to you on Twitter until you talk junk about her baby. I know how to make mamas <laughs> hey, mad. Mama. I know how to make mamas mad on Twitter. Ask uh, Mike. Yeah, Tol- yeah. Ask Mike Tolbert's mother. Uh, <laughs> but the the idea here is that Trey Boston isn't the same player he was when he left necessarily. He goes on. He's gotten more experience as he's left in Arizona. And you've got now Eric Reed, someone, as well as Dante Jackson over there, where they get speed, James Bradbury. All of a sudden, he is the least valuable player on the team, and it takes some pressure off of him. It could be. I think Golden could be a fit here, too. It's just a question of are you ready to risk it all at that point? I do think that may be picking up a safety, a free safety early in this draft, might be spending too much for for some other guys that you could do. We'll be interested to see how that goes. Cody, do you want to see, where do you see the Carolina Panthers go at the safety position?
2: Um, Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of on, uh, you know, I'm not mad if we brought in Trey Boston just to be another warm body. I mean, the, the dude has some good interceptions in 2015. I he's think not a good tackler. Was,
1: That's the problem. He's not a no, good tackler. No,
2: he's a, he's a bad tackler, very bad tackler. And I think him and Kirk Coleman were both playing out of position. They had one of them at strong, one of them at free. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, I, I think after he left, he had like five interceptions for the chargers. And then had a relatively and he made the quiet Pro Bowl year I think for, yeah then he had a quiet year for Arizona um, listen I'm not I'm not mad if we brought Trey back uh, for the right price now um, I you know listen I, I'm of the mindset now and you all know this my mind is 100 percent on the draft I've been combing through so much film of of players and I have a million different draft crushes and they're all going to break my heart when they all go to a different football team. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I'm just um, – I, I want to build our team in the draft and put young, talented players at starting positions all over the football field. Um, to be honest, I'm not mad if Paradise Paradise, whatever, if that's the only player that we sign – and, and that's it moving forward. Maybe add uh, Kyle Love to that list if we're able to you know, figure out how to make that work. Um, I'm happy. I'm ready to move on to the draft and um, inject some young talent onto the football team.
1: Joe, the Dave Gettleman story continues to be fascinating, even though he's not part of the Carolina Panthers. Dave Gettleman goes to New York and does make everybody mad. Today, uh, first, it started with Landon Collins uh, not giving him the franchise tag. And then Landon Collins gets blessed. He should say thank you to Dave Gettleman because he goes and signs a lucrative deal with the Redskins reminiscent of Josh Norman being told to, here's your walking papers, go. And then Josh Norman went and made $50 million it. In fact, Josh Norman said Dave Gettleman is like the best thing that happens to to cornerbacks. Then the story gets complicated even more today as the as they trade. Boy, does Dave Gettleman like to trade with the Browns? He traded. Yeah. Guys, yeah. Who did he trade? He traded. He got a guard to add. Olivier Vernon for. Some good for for a guard, I think.
2: Well, he, yeah, he, traded, he traded away Olivier Vernon for Kevin Zeitler, a guard, uh, with the Browns, and Zeitler is pretty good. He's it's
0: mm-hmm. actually,
2: actually one of the one of the better guards in football. And a then, lot of people uh, were yeah.
1: praising that trade. A lot of Giants fans were happy with that trade. Yeah, yeah.
2: but I mean, I, I I think what you're seeing now is the same thing. You saw when he was with the Panthers. They move on from a, a prominent piece in the backfield like Josh Norman, uh, like he did to Josh. They did that to Landon Collins. And everyone knows what he did to Steve Smith, a legendary Panther player, and now David Gendelman just traded away maybe the most popular receiver, the most famous receiver in the
1: NFL, maybe.
4: I mean we could argue that.
2: Yeah, a
1: hundred percent. Him and AB are neck and neck every year. Right now, AB he's got more years of consistent, more years on him. Odell's had an injury he's had to deal with. The difference between the Odell thing is that, uh, and and Steve Smith is that you you could see how Gettleman could have been saying, "Hey, Smith is aging out. Odell is at the peak of his career potentially." But I think we got Andy Lee. Didn't we get Andy Lee from the Browns? That punter? Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, we
1: did. So he loves trading with the Browns. But right now, I got to say this. Gettleman did fortify the line. He's done some great things there with the offensive line. He's committed there. He went and got Saquon Barkley. The question is, does he get a rookie quarterback? Does he trade for a Josh Rosen now? Or um, where do you see, Joey, the legacy of Dave Gettleman now that he is uh, just hatching it, doing these big, audacious moves in New York City, stepping up to the microphone, really taking the body blows from the media, probably. If anybody has the moxie and the balls and the pig-headedness to do it, it's Dave Gettleman.
4: Yeah, he will forever, going forward from this moment, be known as... The butcher. <laughs> because he goes to a team and he hacks him up.
1: Yeah, he does. He's
4: chopping, he's slicing, he's dicing.
1: He looks like he's he, like Dexter.
4: Yeah. He's whittling that team down to the very core. And but uh, yet again, he's getting rid of there's definitely talent there, but there is some inconsistency. There is some devonness. There is some bad elements for the rocker room that he's getting out of there. And, you know, I think, I mean, we have to, I can't see it any other way than a straight rebuild. For the Giants, well, that's he, exactly where they are in rebuild mode.
1: He got Jabril Peppers though, and the question is, is a great,
4: which actually is a good, a good move as far as replacing a position. with a good
1: player, yeah, and then and a young player too. You get some time on the right. question I have here too is is that and I and Cody and I talked a little bit before the show about this, Cody. Joey says they're in straight rebuild mode is that when you've got Saquon Barkley, when you have gotten some, you've started to make some improvements on the offensive line, were they as far away, you know, know, were they in the depths of despair as far away if they could solve the Eli Manning problem? Um, It seems like he committed to, to the rebuilds. So my my two questions for you, Cody, are this: is that where where were they? Were they truly rebuilding? And second, what does Dave Gettleman have to do? What has to happen going forward for him not, as Daniel Duncan say, for Giants fans to go to his house right now and 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 seek revenge? What needs to be the story that comes out of this that justifies trading away? Potential a, a, a wide receiver who is really on par with the best that we've seen in the last decade. What's got to happen?
2: Saquon Barkley has to be the first running back since Adrian Peterson to win the MVP. That's what I think. I mean, fly out. I, I think uh, he almost you know, did it Dave, last
1: year, to be honest.
2: And, <laughs> and, 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 and you know what? And you know what? Uh, he did it. He had almost as good of a season as Todd Gurley with a much worse offensive line
1: with a much worse worse. team with a much worse team. That's the thing. Is that like, yeah.
2: Listen, I'm a Panther fan first and foremost, but I will never lie to you about talent. Voxley has the potential to be a once in a lifetime talent at that position. And I don't say that uh, lightly. I mean, he is incredible. Um, the one thing I'll say though is Eli Manning is the problem at with with that offense and Mm -hmm. and not, uh, and not Odell Beckham. Uh, I mean, listen, if they, uh, drafted Dwayne Haskins, who is, uh, is my number one rated quarterback in the class, dude, if they drafted him and had Barkley and Odell Beckham, man, that offense is good to roll, man. Evan Ingram uh Sterling Shepard that offense had the firepower um I just don't understand this uh having two first round picks does one of them equal out to Odell Beckham Jr? I mean you're 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 on hope and a prayer right there my man I don't know I would not have made that move um having two marquee offensive players at wide receiver and running back you're one quarterback away from having a dominant offense. Yeah, I don't understand for the life of me what the hell um, D- Dave Kettleman was um, thinking up on that one. I- I'm not a
1: fan of that.
2: Well, yeah, hey, guys, he's getting a lot a of. Fan. I mean,
1: he does get a lot of picks here. I mean, there are some ways that he could come out of this on the positive side. You know, you could you could get Josh Rosen for a third right now, maybe or a second round pick. Have two first round picks. You could do a lot of things. There are some things, but it takes a lot of moxie, like you said, to p- trade away Odell. It seems uh, a little premature in some ways. Was we'd have to look at their salary cap situation to see how it truly worked out. Look, the Texans added a good player today with Bradley Roby. Interesting to see that, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still a lot of things that are going on throughout the NFL. Um, and but didn't they get, uh, what's his name? The honey badger? No, he went to yeah, Kansas City. Kansas.
4: Oh, that's right. He went to they get Kansas
1: some State. guy named Gibson. Gibson. They got uh, Bradley Roby and um, who else did they get? Secondary Ask to fill the hole. $10 million deal. Palmer Ports, Houston announced their signing T- Tayshawn Gibson, who was cut by the Gibson. So you got that. So, by the <laughs> way. Uh, Cam Newton was at some event tonight and there was a
2: bunch of media around. This is a picture of Cam Newton learning about the Odell Beckham trade like as it's happening. And you can see his face too like, whoa, Dave Kettleman did what now?
4: <laughs>
1: How about this? You so, see, do you see who's showing it to him? Yeah, Jordan Rodriguez, Jordan, Jordan Rodrigue. Man, uh, you gotta wonder uh, sometime, uh as uh, Cam Newton, I I would not if I was Cam. Look, I'm petty enough. I'd be salty as hell. Still, I would still be salty <laughs> about that mess, about losing that that damn yogurt uh, sponsorship because of that. Now, Cam, uh, Danon Dan
2: right. sucks anyway.
1: <laughs> um, but so lots of news going around, but there's no better news in no way. Joey, I don't know if you got to see this earlier in the show. Um, me and my wife have been arguing. We've been arguing at this point of of what the superior salad is, Joey, and that is are you a house salad guy or are you a Caesar salad guy? Joey, I think there's a certain elegance to a Caesar salad, right a simple a refined simpleness to this. Joe, we had someone cheer we had someone drop in on the show and weigh in on it. Cody, let's see who we had.
3: Tony, enough of all this going back and forth and all this other stuff. Y'all need to go ahead and pick the
1: house salad because it's going to be the best for everybody. You never know if somebody like all the Parmesan cheese and all the other... Who don't it's like Parmesan Rootons cheese? and Stuff like that. So you got to go with the house salad. The house is for everybody. Devin Funches dropped in on the C3 podcast talking salad joe
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a legend i cannot
4: believe you did that
1: (laughs) well sometimes you just don't know you don't know sometimes we're all in the dark sometimes we're all (laughs) in the dark and now no one's in the dark and you know what i felt a little bad about it at first when I got it back, I was like, "Man, was that too silly of me to do?" And then, as people were trashing on him, and then he made ten million dollars the same day. Same day, he sent me the video. He made ten million dollars. So, do I gotta feel bad? No, I ain't feeling Not bad. At all. you
4: know how many house salads he's gonna buy with that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna buy the house. Uh, Joshua Mass says, "Arguing with the wife, you better get over to Bluetooth, Tony." <laughs> 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 never know you never know how cool things
4: you clear things up from my end you always get the house salad because you want blue cheese dressing ooh, I'm a blue cheese
1: fan I go. like blue cheese me too yeah
2: Heck that,
1: yeah i am one of those I like on uh is that Kroger. On WFNZ, they used to always ask guests, "Are you a ranch or blue cheese guy?s When it comes to eating wings, I'm blue cheese all mm-hmm. the way. But you know what? I feel like you grow into that. That comes with maturity.
4: Yeah, you know. I will say this though about a Caesar salad: absolutely, an elegant and simple in yeah. its design, but elegant in in its taste because. That dressing, that Caesar dressing, that is a very intricate dressing. You yeah. have to do a lot of things in a particular order to get that dressing right.
1: Josh from Mass says he's a ranch guy. He's probably sitting Indian style right now, j- dipping his chicken nuggets in ranch. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's what my kids... Hey, man, I love- i love both of them man I i've hit. been I, 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 i've been i've been dipping chicken and ranch and blue cheese since i was knee high to a bullfrog yeah dude, my so. my, middle one,
1: madeline, my middle one madeline my middle one madeline takes shots of ranch man i think she eats a little bit of pizza, <laughs> a little bit of pizza with a ranch every night we were at michelangelo's tonight joey boy she was oh, like yeah? this yeah we were at uh we were at we always we saw pat there but uh my kids are dipping their ranch I just think of old little Steph Curry sitting Indian style in the locker room, dipping his chicken nuggets in ranch and then going out and dropping sixty in the third little child, looking <laughs> like a child out there with men. That's right. All right. Um any other I think that's about all the Panther news and all the football news we got. Uh and I think it's time to kick on over. To the time of the show that has crapped out on us the last two weeks, we still got YouTube connection, so let's get into it. Let's jump into the Ice Up Picks of the week. We are honoring this is our homage to Steve Smith, where he tells you how it goes. He, ta- he said he straight said on NFL Network, Dave Gettleman doesn't need to be a football person, a uh, better with the players. He needs to be a better people person. There was some irony coming from that, from a guy who solved his problems with people by punching them in the face. But I would say that Steve Smith has matured and grown as an individual. He has gone from a ranch connoisseur to a blue cheese connoisseur type guy. He's great on TV at this point. Steve Smith, beloved, and he will tell anybody to ice up, to toughen up, to get it together. He might even try to fight you and your family on the way out of the New England stadium. But... What we have here, Cody, are you ready for your ice up pick tonight?
2: Uh sure. I can I can, All right. uh, Joe, I can you go got first.
1: one? If you if you need if you need I one. do. Go ahead,
2: Joe. Yeah, let, let, let Joe go first.
4: All right, yeah, mine's pretty simple straightforward. Um uh, people I I just wanna let people know this. For those of you who are unaware, uh when you go to the zoo the cages oh, okay. are there for a particular reason. The, they have partitions that separate you that create space from, from the animal's cage and it's there for a reason. Okay. This young lady, I, I don't know her name. I think it was out in California decided to take a selfie with a jaguar and climbed up onto the oh, partition and put her hand on the fence and wanted to take a picture with the jaguar. Well the jaguar saw her hand and thought, Oh, she wants a high five and Oh, is that what she thought? High five. He oh. gave her a high five, but he also Uh, put his claws into her
0: hands
4: and she could not separate herself from him thankfully I believe a bystander was able to distract the jaguar with a water bottle she stuck the water bottle in the fence and the jaguar got distracted and came over thereby letting go of the woman's hand. But had that woman not stepped up and tried to be a good Samaritan, that young lady might have lost her hand. So, I know in this age of selfies and, and, and wanting to catch, um, everything, capture the moment and memorize it with a photograph or a selfie, remember that you're at the zoo, that these animals are wild, and they have fences and barriers for your safety, so don't try to climb over them or get around them, because then you make yourself look like an idiot. And we have to ice you up on the CG podcast yeah. for getting your hand mauled by a leopard giving you a high five.
1: Natural selection and at its net. finest.
4: Yeah. I mean, this is like real wild kingdom crap. So I wish I knew her name, but a young lady out in California at the zoo high five and Jaguars. Ice up man
1: Ice up You're gonna have to put some ice On that funky arm Cody put the picture up I can't take looking at it They kept showing it On the internet And it looks like Just raw hamburger beef
2: Ugh. It was blurry It was blurry Oh was it? I, I, it Yeah it, it was uh, uh, So Do you have yours uh, uh, me? I'm ready I'm ready yeah, go ahead and go first uh, joey joey cribbed mine but i have a backup oh uh, no, <laughs> I'm no, fi- no no you're fine no no you're fine that was the easiest one and by the way if you look at a picture of the jaguar it's all black so
1: you yeah, can even a, call right.
2: it, yeah you can right. even call it a panther which would be an yeah, interpanther. For, yeah, even even more points. Oh Yeah, well, that that no, is perfect fine, for
1: the show. And on top of that, lady, if you're that upset about the problem with the Jaguar and the high five, write into the Tennessee paper. I'm sure they would love to publish how Cam Newton was at fault for this. Now, <laughs> moms against Cam Newton. Now, my ice-up pick goes first and foremost to rich, snooty people that don't think they got it good enough. But second of all, I'm going to single out two specifically in Felicity Huffman and uh, and Laura Laughlin. You stole mine too. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yep. Well, oh, no, look. you're fine, dude. Go ahead. So, Go for,
2: a, so, joint ISO.
1: so for me, this is that all of a sudden these allegations come about that first of all, that these 25 families have paid this guy or something more upwards of 25 million dollars some sort of agent that they were paying to falsify SAT scores, lie about their athletic skills to the point where they were photoshopping people's faces onto athletic pictures and different bodies and sending in with their um profiles to these high, to get into these high level schools. Now, we're talking about, it says, prosecutors allege that Felicity Huffman, who I believe is the wife of William H. Macy, yeah. uh, Felicity Huffman paid $15,000 to an emissions consultant, mm-hmm. <laughs> also known as the guy who's going to rig it all to have her daughter's SAT test by having a proctor fix her answer. Now, what my ice-up pick goes to this is that these jerks, Got everything going for them already. They have, they they've their daughters that they have helped get into these schools, they've already starred in movies along, or, or been in films alongside of their parents. You got William H. Macy uh, in People Magazine just a week ago, to, or a couple of weeks ago, talking about how this was a stressful time for his daughter and how he wouldn't mind after she gets accepted if she would just take a year off and go into acting. While she still was a young like and had this all this of the whole world ahead of her. There are people out there scraping, working hard, grinding it out who have nothing, who are trying to get into uh, mid-tier schools, who are trying to get into uh, high-level schools, and these jerks own the world enough and are so they they think that are so entitled. To get everything that they want that they even believe that they are should be given access to the highest levels of academia simply because they are wealthy and to you guys I think this is that what I want to tell them to ice up about is is that your stupid ass kid that's right stupid ass kid who couldn't take their SAT on their own was gonna get into a top level school anyway. It might not have been a Princeton. It might not have been a Yale, but it would have been a USC. It could have been a UNC Chapel Hill. It could have been half of these schools that will sell their soul anyway. But now your stupid ass is going to be at the community college with me. That's right. I'm telling you to ice up. Right, And guess what? The community college is a great place for people who don't have millionaire parents that can pay people to rig the system for them. So kids, let's keep working hard. Keep being honest. And you rich people that are rigging it, sad that life is so sucky for you. And so hard for you that you've got to find ways to finagle and massage the system even more. Heaven forbid you just try to earn it on merit, you assholes. Ice up.
2: <laughs> ice up. So thankfully enough, uh, there were enough people to ice up. that Even though two of my, uh, my bestest showmates on the podcast, they stole my ice up pick. But it's okay because there's enough ice ups to go around. Uh, listen, I don't care about your personal politics. I love that in America, you can believe whatever you want to. You can look up to different people on TV or on the Internet that uh, espouse the things that you believe in, and that's wonderful. The minute that you lose me is when you start talking about how it's okay to have sex with underage, young, teenage mm. girls, mm. And, and, and absolutely just show what kind of scumbag you really are and then double down on it. Uh, Listen, my ice up this uh, this Tuesday night is none other than one Tucker Carlson. Oh God, this is is deserved. To to show you a little bit of what my man uh, has to say, I found that clip.
0: Oh, gosh. One thing you learn when you grow up in a castle and look out across the moat every day at the hungry peasants out in the village yeah. is you don't want to stoke envy among the proletariat because at any moment... So you they had the, that when you had that Mexican... When you had that African-American uh, shining the rims on your Bentley, that doesn't uh, provoke them to be a little envious? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, only, I only have, you know... American white servants. You're such a liar. <laughs> You're a liar. No, 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 it's true. No, and you know why? It's not, I'm These racist, I'm be not. It's
1: because I'm racist. This guy's got to be fired.
0: because I I feel better beating them. You know what I mean? You I mean, told you this you mean before. You'll get you'll get less heat when you when you beat up a white guy from West Virginia than if you beat a black guy, you know, from somewhere, right? When I cane them, yes.
2: <laughs> well, so okay, I thought that this was a different clip. Whoa! But apparently. But apparently he went on the uh, Bubba Love Sponge show, which by the way, that was the same guy that Hulk Hogan was filmed having sex with his wife or something way back in the day. Really dumb, man. But listen, this guy goes on there, says all this trash, even talks about, uh, you know, sexual stuff with underage females and how it is, what you know, listen, th- and then the man doubles down. And kinda backs up what he says. Man, come on, dude. Not the right thing to say. Not the right time. I'm just I'm not with it, man. Tucker Carlson, you're trash. Ice up, my man.
1: Defends uh headline is Tucker Carlson defends convicted sex abuser uh, and calls women of women primitive in unearthed recording. Ooh. Yeah. That's the one to look for, I guess. But he said that some women were like dogs because they hate weakness and they are extremely primitive. He defended Warren Jeffs, who was convicted of sexual abuse on a child, saying the charges were bullshit because... That's what it was. Because arranging a marriage between a 16-year-old and a 27-year-old is not the same as pulling her off the street and raping her. He said it's hard to determine... This guy... This guy, you're right. Trash, ice up. I'm sorry. They're like, I, I hate, I, and I hate the if you, if your political leanings, just believe that you have to support people that are on a certain station. That right there, we just pulled. Cody pulled a clip that was not even the attended clip. And it no. was just as bad! It's just <laughs> it was, as bad! This is bad! Yeah.
0: This is bad. Dude, uh, uh, there,
4: was, there was no way that was him. There had to be an actor that sounds just like him.
1: That, that was you know, I mean, He's yeah. a dumbass, dude. If you watch damn. his show, he kinda is a dumbass. Like, a lot of times, he will debate back, and, and look, I don't watch it a ton, but he's just been caught so many times, and you're like, what? No, are you on drugs?
4: Well, I don't think I don't think very highly of him myself. But I can't think of anybody from any political party that would make those statements.
1: Well, the
2: that's proof. That's what's them up.
1: Yeah, that, well, Go good. <laughs> yeah, do you? Why. We're gonna have to do some research. You two, you people in the YouTubers, come back if you can find the Tucker Carlson voice impersonator. We need to hear it because right now the dude just seems like he deserves to be iced up. Way to go, Cody. Go ahead, Jeff. If that's him, he
4: needs to come off on of TV like now. Yeah, yesterday, yeah, yesterday.
1: Yes, even if he doesn't even say this stuff about this the underage stuff, which is so weird and bizarre. Here's right. what he said. Yeah, about yes. like oh, and like that's a so ter- you have an awful sense of humor if you think that's a joke. You're the joke. I sell. All right, guys. Yes. This is the C three Panthers podcast. We made it. We made it to the end of the show. We've had so much to talk about. We've had a fantastic audience. Man, how you talk about this is that this show is growing each and every week. We had 60 live viewers the whole show tonight, guys. Over 50 viewers all night. The show is growing in downloads. It's growing because you guys are fantastic in the chat room. You are smashing those thumbs up button. You are sharing the show. You're telling your friends about it. You're calling into the cat calls line. Remember, the numbers 252-228-5098. My Twitter is at Cat underscore Chronicles. Cody, how can they follow you on Twitter? At
2: C-O-D-Y-L-A-C, Cody Lack. The draft, we're in full draft mode. In the coming weeks, we're going to be back into the better know a potential Panthers draft pick, and I'm so excited for it, man. We're going to be jumping on these prospects, showing you who to get excited about in the upcoming drafts. Um, yeah man And a brand new Draft Tech uh, my Draft every Wednesday uh, With comments for the first and second round Until free agency is over uh, uh, There are no comments But after uh, This next Wednesday There's going to be comments on All my Drafts on rounds 1 and 2 Going forward That's drafttech.com Check it out
1: Joe Riolano the wise one each and every week, he pops in here. He drops us with some wisdom that comes true the next week. Joe, how can they follow you on Twitter?
4: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Milano, or just look me up the third
1: half. All right. My name's Tony Dunn. We'll be back here on Tuesday. We're going to keep trying to break down this coverage, bring you bonus things throughout the week. So keep make sure you subscribe to the feed. Check the feed. We're going to be keep going. We're going to go strong to the draft. We're excited. We're getting excited each and every week, and it shows on the show because of you guys. We'll check you out next Tuesday. Keep pounding. Wow, our feeds worked the whole night. Holy cow. All right, guys. Fantastic.